and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Mick Beale to my Tony Mowbray. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. We are the number one championship podcast of Second Tier and thank you for joining us wherever you are. This is an emergency pod, ladies and gentlemen, because Mick Beale has left Sunderland. Mick Beale, we hardly knew you. It was the worst of times. It was... <laughs> The shittest of times. Um, mm. <laughs> I mean, Justin, where were you when when you heard this news? I was on a train on the way back from Manchester. Stood up all the way, actually. Fun fact, this is a complete digression. Martin Lewis complained about the same train I was on because everyone was stood up in it. Ah. Um, so I was on I was on the same train as Martin Lewis, the financial guy from ITV, mm. if anyone is unaware of, uh, of who Martin Lewis is. So, yeah, I was on a train on the way back from uh, sunny, sunny, sunny Manchester. Lovely. I was giving blood at the time that it broke through. Um, and I tell you what, when I found out about the news, suddenly my bag just filled up like nothing because I mean, it <laughs> which, got the blood pump back is what I'm trying to which say. Which bag? <laughs> what do you mean? Nothing. Carry on. Oh, okay, fine. You're being, you're being very crude. <laughs> anyway, yes. we're here to talk about Mick Beale leaving Sunderland, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got a statement here from Sunderland. It's from the sporting director, Christian Speakman. He said, we are disappointed that Michael is leaving Sunderland. Our desire is to improve. And unfortunately, that hasn't been evidence. As such, we take full accountability and feel that acting decisively is in the best interests of the club. This has been a difficult few months for Michael, who leaves with our best wishes for the future. It's not completely clear whether Sunderland have sacked Beale, whether he's walked, whether it's a mutual thing. I suppose if they're acting decisively, that probably means it is a sacking. And Mm -hmm. if that is the case, it's pretty good going to be sacked twice within six months, isn't it? Twice within six months, just a year, just over a year after you acrimoniously left another championship club who were top of the table and your career was going in somewhat of a positive direction. Yeah. Well done, Mickey Beale. Oh, You've Mick. cocked your own career up quickly. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. we'll, we'll get, we'll get on to that. We'll that a bit later on, Justin. Yeah. But looking at his spell at Sunderland, this was doomed from the start, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's had so many politics to deal with. Not only, not only was the, uh, the the list of candidates ahead of him were probably more exciting and more of a, you know, a positive name to put to the to the frame of the the, the role at the stadium and light, but also his, his spells so far haven't exactly been exciting. I know QPR he left at them, he left them when they when they were top of the championship, but you know, only fifteen games in the season, only a quarter of way through the season, things could have quickly fallen apart as they did at QPR. That could have happened under McBeal and those runner losses that they they they, they felt last season happened under McBeal. That start happened under McBeal um before he before he um yeah hopscotch to uh, to Rangers and then his spell at Rangers wasn't great you know, he did his very best to become the third best team in the SPL um, and he was comfortably behind Celtic who yeah lost Ange Postacoglu um, this summer so look he he just wasn't right for the role I think he was an inexperienced coach trying to guide an inexperienced team that lacked leaders and ultimately he's not a leader himself he's not even coached over 100 games yet so why he's getting jobs like Sunderland at this stage in his career without any justification other than him having good coaching credentials doesn't doesn't make any sense but that's by the by it was a it was a bad appointment bad bad appointment yeah well the reason I say it was doomed from the start was Sacking a popular manager like Tony Mowbray was always risky, especially when he wasn't actually doing terribly at the time he was dismissed. And it always seems to me like Sunderland did it because they thought they could do better. So 
if you're going to do that, you've got to bring in someone else who is without a doubt an upgrade on someone like Mowbray. Of course, Will Still was heavily linked with the job. You may remember one of the most highly rated young coaches in Europe. And I feel like that did Mick Beal absolutely no favours at all because that has just heightened expectations even further from the perspective of the Sunderland's fan base. So when it's revealed that the manager they're actually bringing in is someone who failed at Rangers and left in questionable circumstances at QPR, it was always an uphill battle. And fans mm-hmm. have strongly voiced their displeasure from day one, like nothing I've ever seen before. I can't think of too many managers who have been so outrightly disliked by supporters from the moment they've came in, like Mick Beale has. And the only way this was going to work out was if he went around fans by winning games and he just hasn't. It's always going to be difficult for Sunderland to accomplish what they want to do this season when the supporters head into each game completely uninspired by the manager and they're ready to turn as soon as things go wrong. Now that sounds like I'm blaming the supporters but I'm not. I'm blaming the hierarchy for thinking this was an acceptable appointment in the circumstances because it never was. No, you're absolutely spot on. And again, I go back to that uh, aspect of needing to guide a club with a young squad that has so much high promise. And you've got Tony Mowbray there who, who was in charge before Mick Beal and he was an incredible leader. He was a good leader. He was a good people person. I don't think their credentials that Mick Beal's got just yet. Um, and I think that the, the route he's taken in his management career has, has, has pulled him away from that. Um any development that he needed to do at QPR, he couldn't do because he left too soon. He left too soon. Um, so, yeah, and I think as well as that, he's not handled himself well at all in the media. There's been a lot of sort of back and forth and it's Say not been ideal. <laughs> and then there's a lot of tra- the, the Trey Hume thing as well. And now Mick Beal's in a position where he's only two stints in the championship have lasted less than a quarter of a season, which is a disaster for him. And I, I think as Sunderland, that as the hierarchy is something, you've got to look at that and go, yeah, I mean, what is the justification of going from Tony Mowbray, an accomplished championship manager, to Mick Beale, who is not any of those boxes that Mowbray takes? It doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And that's why that's why he's lasted, lasted less than eight weeks. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to say that results and performances haven't been abysmal. People may look at this as neutrals or someone who doesn't necessarily pay attention to the championship and think, God, it must have been absolutely awful. But on the pitch, it wasn't abhorrently bad because what we've seen in the space of two months hasn't been so bad that they simply had to have made a change I mean you look at similar examples like Colo Torre last year at Wigan yeah yeah that was an absolute omni shambles which just he he just had to go um whereas Mick Beal wasn't that it's more about the fans just not liking this guy and that having an impact on the club's progress, which was going really well up until the point that Mick Beale came in. He also hasn't helped himself with things like claiming Sunderland fans didn't like him because he's Southern. And of course, the now infamous cold shoulder to Trey Hume at the weekends. <laughs> but all of this is just combined into one big melting pot of a calamitous appointment. And I think it's caused a bit of a trust issue between the support, the Sunderland supporters and the hierarchy now, because I think everyone before was, looks like the club is in the right yeah. hands and going in the right direction. Now there's question marks which are being pointed at the hierarchy about whether this is the right thing to do, particularly Christian Speakman, who 
I'm seeing a lot of people saying he needs to go as well as Mick Beal. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Uh, so it's Mike, it's Mike Dodds who's taking over at Sunderland until the end of the season. He was in caretaker charge not long ago during that brief period between Tony Mowbray getting sacked and Mick Beal coming in. Do you think it's the right move, Justin, or should they be looking to get in a permanent manager? Yeah, it's hard to foresee Sunderland putting together a run of form now that is going to put them into you know, bona fide playoff contention because I think they're behind the other sides in and around them. And I think that's down to a lot of the decision-making at the top as well as McBeal. And as I said, I don't think McBeal's blameless in this omni-shambles of a uh, of a situation that we've found ourselves in with Sunderland. I think for context, for supporters, their recruitment strategy at Sunderland is one that is focusing on young players. And as I say, you lose a lot of leaders in that dressing room and a bit of experience. And, you know, who's the leader in, in the dressing room? It, you know, there isn't any. You can't really call on a veteran to manage the dressing room and you're sort of over-relying on a, on a head coach who has experience in you know being a good leader. Sunderland just didn't have that under Mick Beal. And I think that's a, that's a key thing to bring in in context um, for that. So I think in terms of where they go with their next coach, I think Mike Dodds is probably the best solution because he's got a good relationship with the players. We know that we've we've been, we've we've heard of that because of his caretaker spell and how glowingly referenced he was by certain certain individuals within the squad. And in addition to that, I think it gives time for someone to really reflect on their process of recruitment as well as finding another manager who's going to be fit for the squad. Because I think recruitment's a big thing for someone. It's been okay, it's been decent, but. They need to uh, lighten, lighten up a bit and maybe go out and sign a 30-year-old or two because the squad needs it. The squad needs it. And that would be a go-to for their manager as well because they've got experienced heads in the dressing room. So do you think Mike Dodds for the rest of the season or would you think a permanent manager? No, I said Mike Dodds is the right okay. choice for the... Because I say it gives Sunderland time to assess the situation rather than jumping straight into it because I think going out and getting a Will Steele, for example, they might find themselves in a similar problem to what they had with McBeal. Well, he did a very good job in the short time he was there in December, didn't he, Dodds? And so much so that I said, I reckon he'll end up being a good manager eventually. Well, <laughs> looks like we're about to find out a lot sooner than I thought. I mean, he's a young coach, just 37, highly rated. He is credited with having a big influence on the development of the Bellinghams, Damari Gray, Nathan Redmond, when he was at Birmingham prior to moving to Sunderland. Joe Bellingham has been speaking glowingly about him uh, when he was last in charge back in December. So he seems to be really popular with him and all the other players in the squad as well. So it's a great opportunity for him. It may even be an audition for him getting the job full time. So we'll see how he does. With regards to what happens next after Dodds, because it does look like unless Dodds has an absolute nightmare that it will be him until the end of the season. Um, I don't know. Am I right in saying Will still is out of contract in the summer? I, th I thought that was the case, but I may, I may be talking absolute nonsense there, but maybe they'll revisit that or, you know, get in someone else from the continent. I don't know. I, th I think that's probably more likely, isn't it, Justin? Well, that, that's the thing. The, the McBeal situation is such a is such a, a 
an aspect where they need to learn from it, isn't it? They they really had they have cocked up in terms of where they went from Tony Mowbray uh, because there were better candidates named. Um, you know, I think we all read the profiles and some of the exciting names that were linked, um, and that they might not be in contention now. But what Sunderland do give themselves is a bit of breathing space, a bit of time, because I think Mike Dodd is more than capable of guiding the team. Um, and if he does a good job and has a good uh, interview process, shall we say, between now and the end of the season, then he might get the job as well. So. You know, and that's 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 something that Sunderland give themselves the opportunity to do. But I, I said, looking at the playoffs now, I just don't think they they can get into that top six. And I think with um, with giving themselves that breathing space, they give themselves the best chance next season. That being said, the picture could change completely um, in terms of trying to recruit a new manager. Because, for example, Jack Clark could leave. He's been linked heavily with other other uh, other clubs. You know, is a manager going to come in and? You know, is he going to want to sell his best player already? I don't know. That could put them off as well. So there are a lot of variables now working against Sunderland in terms of um, yeah, getting that next manager. Big club though, Justin. Big club, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is so, a big club. Well, whether they sell Jack Clark or not, they may just be forced to do that because he's obviously such a very good player. Um, and I don't think that will necessarily put off people from coming in. I think that's just nonsense, really. Um, with regards to them and whether their playoff chances are over now, I don't think that's completely fair either. I mean, Dodds was doing brilliantly in the short time that he was in charge before. So, I mean, we've seen it before. Caretaker bosses coming in, everything changes. See a big upturn in form that may very well happen here. So maybe Dodds might be the same. And uh, as we say, he's such a highly rated coach, very popular with the players. So I don't think you can completely rule that out. Um, but looking back at this whole episode, Justin, what can we take away from this all? Well, I think it goes to show that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. That goes for Sunderland and Mick Beale. Of course, Sunderland got rid of a very popular manager in Tony Mowbray, tried to do better, and it all went very wrong. And Mick Beale, just under a year and a half ago, was a very highly rated coach, earning plaudits for the job he was doing at QPR. He threw it all away, and now he's been sacked twice in a matter of months. So the question is, Justin, what next for Mick Beale? Oh, he's the uh, what Ian Foster was the assistant to Stephen Gerrard at Al Etifak, wasn't he? In, um, in Saudi, so there could be a job opening a Stephen Gerrard assistant once again. I think Mick Bill needs to go back into that because I, looking at what he's done over the past sort of 12, 12 to eighteen months, um, there's a lack of trust there from my perspective. If he was manager of my football club, main manager of my football club, I'm looking at that and going, well, he's going to jump ship as soon as times go good. And then at the same time, if, as soon as times go bad, he's not at any point in his career, his short career so far, convinced me that he's capable of turning bad form around and bad performances around. So, yeah, for me, he's probably just he's probably just better off being a being a head coach. He's still young and he's got that on his side to sort of revitalise himself, and that he might come back at some point. But like I said earlier, both his spells in the championship have left, lasted less than less than quarter of a season. That's two spells. He's been sacked three times. Uh, sorry, twice in a matter of months. It's not good on your CV. I, I will disagree to an extent, Justin. Wow. I, I don't think... Well, I think you're being very harsh. I don't think Mick Beale is a bad manager. There's no justification to say he's an okay manager because he's just... He did really Ranger well at QPR before, you know, jumping 15 shit. games. 15 games. That's not enough time to properly judge a manager. Well, it's not a, comp it's not a big enough sample size for you to say he's not a good manager. But he left to go to Rangers where we've got a bigger sample size where he was sacked because Rangers weren't very good. And then he's been sacked again in a matter of weeks because Sunderland haven't been very good. And his relationship with supporters is broken down. And it looks like his relationship with players is yeah, broken down. So there's a lot Justin, of context. It's more about how the fans took to the appointment as opposed to everything being crap on the pitch. 
Yeah, well, I, I, again, I do sort of disagree with that because, again, you're looking at it from a playing perspective. You know, blanking a player coming off the pitch, which you said you were sceptical about whether or not he saw him or, or not, just just at the weekend, by the way. So I think... What's that got to do with performances? Because if you've lost a dressing room, you're not going to get good performances out of the players. How do you know he's lost the dressing room? I'm I'm, I'm merely speculating, but there it's not a good look for a player if you're a young player to come off the pitch and he being completely blanked you know there are a lot of things that are working against McBeal rather than working for so it's quite difficult to say he's a good manager or an okay manager at this point I mean his reputation has taken a bit of a battering in the last 12 months but for me he's definitely not a bad manager I think this was just the wrong move by Sunderland and he's been made the scapegoat out of the whole thing I think a bigger question is is he the kind of bloke you'd want in charge of your club this is the kind of bloke who will say in one interview that he can't be the first to jump ship before doing exactly that a matter of weeks later. The kind of manager who complains about fans not respecting him instead of just getting on with the job. And he's also the kind of manager who, in my opinion, ignores players as they get substituted off and then lies about it not long after the game. So, I mean, is that the kind of manager you want in charge of your club? That's up for championship owners to decide but I wouldn't want someone like that as the figurehead of my club but if you ignore all that I think he is a good championship manager he is still only 43 so there's every chance he ends up having a great managerial career one way or another but he has to learn to keep his mouth shut because he doesn't do himself any favours with several high profile clangers with things coming out of his mouth and he's only been a manager in, you know, first team football for, what, a year and a half, just over that. So it's not a great record for him speaking in the press, that, is it? No, it's not. But I mean, the point I've been making about him not being a great manager encompasses his personality as well, which is clearly quite volatile. You have to have a level-headed manager. Look at Tony Mowbray as an example and a comparison. Likeable guy, gets fans on board clearly gets the relationship going within the club as well. I just don't think Bill ticks any of those boxes. Um, and as I say, you can be good, a good coach on a technical level. I don't doubt that. I think he probably is a very good coach, a very talented coach, a world-class coach to some extent as well. But you have to have the personality to match it, and he clearly doesn't. You can't just throw a manager in because he get, gets good results. He's got to get on with the players, get on with the fans, uh, the fans as well. It's a big job being a manager, not just about managing on the pitch. You've got to manage outside of the pitch as well. And, and he's failed miserably in every single one of his jobs. We have got to sign off by sending our best wishes to Tony Mowbray, a man who has been mentioned plenty of times in this episode for no fault of his own, but he is temporarily stepping down as Birmingham boss as he undergoes medical treatment for an unnamed illness. Mowbray said he was told he requires treatment after undergoing a recent health assessment. Birmingham say he'll be away for between six to eight weeks and he'll be given all the support he needs. His assistant Mark Venus will be filling in and Mobes will still be giving advice while he's away. Shocking news because we were just giving him loads of praise at the weekend for the job he was doing at Birmingham. Of course, his health is much more important than how Birmingham City are getting on. So we wish him all the best and hopefully we see him in the dugout again in the not too distant future when he's fit and healthy. 
hopefully while he's you know relaxing on the sidelines for a few weeks Justin will get plenty of revels for him to you know dip Just, into yeah everyone, everyone find out where he actually don't don't find out where no. he is and don't inundate him with bags of revels Why just, just send your well wishes <laughs> just send your well wishes and then and throw the bags of revels when it's his first game back no don't Andrews. do that we shouldn't be encouraging that either you're digging a hole here anyway <laughs> let's stop that before Justin causes any more trouble this has been the second tier podcast this has been an emergency pod reacting to the news of Mick Beale leaving Sunderland still don't know if he's been sacked or whether it's a mutual thing but he's left and that's all that we know Mike Dodds until the end of the season best of luck to you Dodsy this has been the second tier podcast I've been Ryan Dukes I've been Justin Peach and a big thank you for listening Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.